This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. It's uh, Friday, 3 December in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, as we have many Friday evenings, it's red hot on the news front. So we're going to juggle a bunch of balls here. We've got um, we've got the great Gordon Chang is live for us in Tokyo, about to kick off a CPAC, uh, a Japan CPAC Tokyo. I was honored to be there for the first one. Uh, this one is very important. Couldn't come at a more important time for our great allies in Japan to hear from some of the top thinkers in America and particularly about what's going on with the Chinese Communist Party. And so we're going to get to Gordon in a second. We got Darren Beatty uh, here. We got the, the team that's been covering and really uh, uh, put forth all the corruption uh, in malfeasance in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. We've got that Matthew Tierman's going to be here on Brazil. We've got breaking news there. Jane Zirkle, we have a special live stream tonight. We're also going to be live streaming some of the uh, the CPAC Tokyo uh, uh, events overnight also. So we got, we're jam-packed tonight. Make sure everybody gets them on Getter because after the show, we're going to be doing live streams. I want to go first off, Crom. I want to make sure we get this sorted and get it sorted at the top of the show. Salty has been such a big uh, seller to our audience and to the, and to the war room posse. And I get feedback all the time. People love it. I just want to make sure walk through and make sure they can totally understand and fully understand exactly what the order process is. What do you get all of that? So people it's firm in people's minds about the discounts right. and what they're paying for. Steve, I appreciate it. Um, and, and so <clears throat> I'll go directly to, to the uh, question that you're asking <clears throat> soul tea. If you go to soul com. If you were to order a single bottle, it would be $29.95. But because of our relationship with the War Room, we have a special program for the War Room, and that's on our subscription deal, which, and by the way, our product works great, but it's like a, it's like a daily vitamin. You have to take our product every day for it to be a benefit, and it's a great benefit. I've been taking the product myself for 18 years. And it has helped me manage my cholesterol, my blood pressure. I'm 74 years old. I take zero prescription drugs. But here's what you do. You go, you go to warroomhealth.com. This is our special deal. You go to warroomhealth.com and, and that'll take you through warroom to soul tea. <clears throat> but then when you order and at checkout, put in the code warroom and here's what you'll get. Yeah. Uh, you'll get, uh, and this is for the subscription. You'll get $29.95 off your initial shipment. And that's a, that's a, that's a great deal. But then on an ongoing basis, the subscriptions are three bottles for the price of two. And we pay the shipping, which means that instead of paying $29.95 times three, the subscription price is $59.85. Now we ship three bottles at a time. That's a, that's, that's a 90 day supply. And then, uh, and then we hit your credit card one time every 90 days. And, uh, and so it's, it's less than 70 cents a day. Did I just lose Crumb? Yeah. Okay. 
And and uh, and I would suggest real quickly, Steve. I'd suggest that your listeners, yeah, sure. if there's any doubts about it, go to DuckDuckGo and just type in health benefits of theoflavin. That is our active ingredient, and we've increased its potency yep. twenty times. So when you see the health benefits of theoflavin just at their regular potency, you can just yep. see how how important salty is. So it's let's, it's warroomhealth.com, warroomhealth.com, yep. and use the code warroom at checkout. And I'm going to ask uh, Grace and Captain Bannon to put that instruct, set of instructions. Let's get them up in all the live chats because the live chats are on fire and this product because of the issue of people's hearts and the people and the issue yep. of people's uh, cholesterol has been a, yep. has been a favorite uh, to our audience. So I want to make sure everybody gets the maximum discount, understands exactly what's going on. Right. Uh, Crom, thank you. Thank you for taking yep. time away this morning and this afternoon to join us. I know I got tremendous feedback from your morning hit. So thank you very much. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Salty. Yep. Uh, if if uh, Grace Chong and Mo can get on top of that and get it up in the live chat, uh, I'd appreciate it. want to go now to Tokyo uh, live uh, to Gordon Chang. Um, obviously, I think America is one of America's top analysts about everything related to the Chinese Communist Party. Gordon, first off, this is uh, I was there for the first one. You were there for the first one, the inauguration of uh, CPAC Tokyo. What what is the message? Why are we having a CPAC Tokyo today? Why are we having a December of 2022? And what is the message that you and others, I know Jason Miller's over there, some others, what's the message that you guys are bringing from the United States to our great allies in Japan? As you said, Steve, this is an especially consequential time. We have the Chinese regime. It's militant. It's moving on its neighbors. You know, we always talk about Taiwan, but it's also the Philippines, India, and South Korea, and Japan. And we got to remember that it were the Japanese leaders in the first part of the century who were warning everybody, and we Americans and others were not listening. So you had Shinzo Abe, who is prime minister, um, who was assassinated in July, and Taro Aso, another prime minister, talking about freedom and how the free societies in Asia should work together. And today, that is embodied in the Quad, the grouping of Japan, the United States, India, and Australia. These are the messages that we're going to talk about that we need to make sure that the Quad and other groupings of free societies are going to defend themselves from a militant China. As you see, look, and you've got Biden and what's happening in the Ukraine. They're looking for us to pay more. We've already put enough in. When you really look at the leaders, they're all in sync. But we look at the people in Italy and France and Germany. They're sitting there going, you know, why we can't pay for heat ourselves. Why are we doing this? If you look at the quad and you look at even beyond the quad of the alliance around the, the littoral nations around the South China Sea and others, do you see, maybe put it this way, what do you see as the unity of the people, not just the leaders? What do you see is that the people realize this is a common cause? about what China's trying to do. China's obviously trying to control that area of the world and then pivot and control the entire Eurasian landmass with their partners, the mullahs in Persia, uh, the KGB in Moscow, uh, I think even Turkey, Pakistan, and maybe even uh, Saudi Arabia. The, 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 are the people in Southeast Asia and in East Asia, are they as united uh, as we need them to to actually take on and confront the Chinese Communist Party? 
I think the people in, in East Asia have actually a more resolute attitude than their leaders. Their leaders are a little bit wishy-washy, and the reason is that uh, they, um, you know, they want to have a good relationship with Beijing, which I think is unrealistic, but also because they're influenced by their business communities. But when you look at the general populations in these countries, they have a better understanding of the nature of the communist regime. So that is a good sign. Um, but obviously, um, we have to work on the political leaderships in some of these countries. I know, um, you know, people revere you for your for your analysis and, and particularly in Japan. But as you go this time, what is your assessment of the Republicans as we take over the House? You've had this one of the commitments and the commitments to America was we're going to have a joint committee, a joint select committee on the Chinese Communist Party, on the CCP. Uh, they've talked about. Uh, today, we're waiting for, um, you know, uh, Elon Musk is going to release all the receipts about the suppression of the laptop from hell. And as you know, 90 percent of that was about the financial uh, uh, the financial control that the CCP or the financial relationship the CCP had with the Biden family. Uh, we have other issues of of Tony Fauci just had Rand Paul on TV on Jesse Waters last night saying, hey, Tony Fauci's. Quite frankly, uh, you know, contributed to the death of seven million people because of the funding of gain of function uh, experiments in the Wuhan lab. What message do you have to the people in Japan of how steely in the resolve, how resolute is the Republican Party going to be now that they control the House, Gordon Chang? Yeah, I hope that the Republicans will be resolute. You know, I think that the idea of a committee, in a sense, is a good one. But, you know, Steve, we don't need to study anymore. We know what China is doing to the United States. It's trying to bring down our country. It has killed Americans with COVID-19 and with fentanyl. And there already is the U.S.-China Economic Security Review Commission. A couple of weeks ago, they issued um, a long report with, I think, very good recommendations on what to do. Um, you know, the Senate has heard and the House has heard uh, from the FBI and others about what China is doing in our society. We can read the New York Post. We know what's going on. I think it's time to act rather than to study. Gordon, let me go to the, what's happened over the last couple of days, because you've been all over this. Uh, you know, you had this zero COVID, which I can't imagine is for COVID. It, it has to be for something else. But you finally had people really going to the streets and they were chanting, take down the CCP and remove Xi. In the last 24 hours, it looks like they've actually removed some PCR testing stations and they may be lifting some restrictions. Is your belief that those protests worked? That Did Xi blink or did the regime understand that they were sitting on what could lead up, particularly with the, the death of the, of the former uh, president, that could lead up to maybe something like Tiananmen Square and they wanted to nip it in the bud, sir? For the moment, Xi Jinping has blinked. He's been pushed around by the Chinese people, and that's a great thing. Um, but the regime has been fighting back, and we know that they've been rounding up protesters. And this is going to be a long-term struggle between the Chinese people and the regime, because the regime believes it's fighting for its life. You know, those protests um, since last Thursday's fire, November 24th in Urumqi, they were stunning, as you point out because people weren't protesting just the COVID-19 control measures. They said down with Xi Jinping, down with the Communist Party. And I think the party is on the run, at least for the moment. 
And one other thing, you started out by talking about how um, these, these disease control measures are not just about disease. And you are 100% right. You know, in Guangzhou, which is the capital of crucially important Guangdong province, it's the southern province that surrounds Hong Kong and Macau, they're building in Guangzhou a quarantine facility for 250,000 people. Now, that can't be for disease. I think that's for something else. I'm not quite sure what they're doing, but this is not about uh, making sure that the disease doesn't spread. And these quarantine facilities, they've been built, they've been building these recently around the country, not just Guangzhou. So there's something going on here. I just want to make sure, because we were told at the 20th Party Congress that, that she is emperor for life and all this, and now you actually you actually believe that the regime understands they're fighting for their life against the Chinese people in whatever's happening. It's clearly not about COVID. There, there's something going on about they're getting ready for next-level uh, oppression, right? Uh, you, you think they know they're fighting for their life, that this game has shifted that much in the last eight to ten weeks, sir? Yeah. Um- Going back to the 20th National Congress, which was the middle of last month, and as Xi Jinping was cementing his control over the party, it was evident even then that the party was losing control over Chinese society. And for instance, we saw that in that first set of protests in Zhengzhou, which is where Foxconn, the Taiwan contract manufacturer, has that factory with 200,000 workers, makes more than half the world's iPhones, and that extraordinary um, worker revolt. Uh, where workers were fleeing, climbing over fences, going through the fields. And the Chinese people around the factory were helping. They were helping at great risk to themselves. They were helping the workers leave. So that was that. But, you know, when you get to that November 24th fire, it was stunning because we know that people around China think the same way, which is the reason that without coordination, without leaders, without organization, they then went on to the streets and not just in one or two locations, all around China. And that really meant that the Communist Party realizes that it has lost people's hearts, as a great Chinese historian once said. This is important because it means that the party realizes that although it looks invulnerable, that in a moment, in an instant, it can be swept away. As Mao Zedong, the founder of communism in China, said, a single spark can start a prairie fire. You know, we just may have had that single spark. Gordon, how do people uh, follow you? And uh, how do they follow your writings? How do they follow you on social media? Yeah, I, I tweet everything, which is at Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. I'm still on Twitter. And um, I archive Gordon's my articles for... Yeah, I archive my Go articles ahead, for free at www.gordonchang.com. Gordon, you're a uh, you're a national treasure, America's top uh, China analyst. Thank you so much uh, for being here, and really thank you for representing your country in the uh, CPAC uh, Tokyo. It's going to be uh, extraordinary. So thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Steve. And I have to say, your presence at the first CPAC Tokyo just lit up the room, and people are still talking about it. But thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Would love to be there today, but we got work. We got to get done in Arizona. Gordon Chang, Jason Miller, and others representing. Matt Schlapp actually had some surgery. I think Matt couldn't even make it over, but they got a great team over. We're going to actually, so tonight at 8 o'clock, we're going to do a live stream with Jane Zirkel on Brazil. Tierman's going to talk a little bit about that. 
Uh, we're going to do other live streams about the speeches and the talks that are going on CPAC Tokyo. It's a vitally important conference, particularly given everything that's going on. Let me bring in Darren Beatty. By the way, we're going to go to Pennsylvania to Delaware. We got Delaware County. We're going to talk about really election fraud and people have gotten to the bottom of it. Uh, we're going to go. We got Matthew Tiermont on Brazil. We're packed, but I got to bring in Darren Beatty, a revolver. Darren, uh, we've been following this. I don't know. Has Elon come up with, and this is, has, um, you under why Jason Miller and Gordon Chang are there with our allies in Tokyo at this huge conference uh, at CPAC, really talking about essentially American, Japan, and our alliance in East Asia against the Chinese Communist Party. Elon Musk is doing something extraordinary today. He's, he's putting forward the receipts of really the suppression of vital information before the 2020 campaign on the involvement of the Chinese Communist Party financially with the Biden family. Uh, Darren, has that uh, I've been on uh, on air. Has that happened yet? As far as I'm aware, it has not happened. Um, I would expect it to have been kind of blowing up on Twitter. I guess it was supposed to happen at five and there's some kind of indefinite delay. They wanted to fact check on some things. Um, so as of one hour ago, Elon tweeted, we're double checking some facts, so it should probably start live tweeting in about 40 minutes. And he tweeted that an hour ago. So um, I don't know if he's getting calls from uh, mysterious uh, figures telling him to reconsider his, his plan to lay out before the entire public just the dirty dealings that go on behind the scenes, how that censorship sausage yeah. is really made maybe it's just not for the public to see just how ugly and corrupt it is so he's yeah. keeping us in suspense I, 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 sure. I, I know I, I know we have you on here for this holder blockbuster story and that but i gotta play do we have memphis do we have um i want i want to play brother how they're pivoting already this is from right before we came on air right as we were coming on air msnbc this is their take on twitter right now let's go ahead and hear it is twitter a national security threat well, you know, online radicalization, whether it's radicalization to violence that is promoted by foreign terrorist organizations like the Islamic State, or whether it's radicalization to extremist violence uh, based on anti-Semitism, anti-LGBTQ, racist comments, we know uh, the, the statistics show it, the evidence show it, and our real-world examples show it, that this kind of online uh, extremism leads to radicalization, it leads to recruitment, it leads to plotting, planning, and it leads to real-world violence. Um, there are okay, legion okay, let me, examples let me, let me have of... Stoch stochastic. It's Darren Beatty. This one for the, from their public square that they can control the entire narrative. And you said, hey, this was the narrative engine. To now, it's a national security threat. Darren Beatty. Well, I mean, first of all, they're absolutely right. It is a national security threat. And that's what I've been saying, too, is that Twitter and control over the information flow on the global public square is absolutely critical to the major stakeholders in our corrupt and illegitimate regime. It's a regime that is so untenable in its corruption that it can't exist without a tightly controlled censorship regime. And so in a very real and a very literal and existential sense, it is a national security threat what Elon's doing. And that's why from the very beginning, I anticipated a very kind of severe backlash from the regime. And I think he's only started to see 
um, the very beginning of it. And just for that particular commentator, I just have to say, Mary McCord, I never heard of her, but there are some faces that just the physiognomy transports you back to like Puritan <laughs> New England and you think like it's going to be a witch burning thing. She has this, I know, I know I'm mixing metaphors here, but she has that like Quaker face that is positively like colonial. And it just like, there are echoes of like ancient trauma there of like women clamoring for the witch to be burned. And I just got that sense very in a very visceral level watching that clip. God. Media Matters, you get a free shot on goal on that one. Just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. Just go for it. It's a Friday. It's a Friday afternoon. The sun's over the yard arm. Um, I want to go to your before we lose you. And by the way, Darren's going to be up and doing the Elon Musk. We've got Natalie Winters on the trigger. Mike Davis. Uh, Mike's going to be on... Um, Laura Ingram tonight. So everybody's deployed. Everybody's on this. I happen to think, since I do know a couple of lawyers, a couple of senior people around Elon, I, I, I would anticipate some people are saying, hey, look, dude, we can't put this stuff out right now because this is going to be so litigious. This got national security implications. It's got legal implications. The board and the management team should be sued uh, to add infinitum on, on fiduciary duty. This thing is so complicated. But we'll see. It's Elon Musk, and you know he rolls the way he rolls. He's putting chips in humans, so hey, yeah. he can. Uh, you know, he's changing Homo sapiens. So he can do it. I got to go to the Eric Holder because I want people over the weekend to jump into this because it shows you in Arizona. You're seeing how Perkins, Coy, Eli, uh, Mark Elias, the judges, they're, they're they're all they're in perfect. It's like synchronized swimming. They're so good. Tell me about Holder and your big story on Revolver. Yeah, this is a huge, huge piece on revolvers. People following the Elon saga know there was a recent kerfuffle with Apple. And Apple is one of the many considerable levers that the regime has against Twitter because they hold such a dominant share over app distribution. And I think like 80% of people who use Twitter use it on mobile phones. So it's a big deal. The leverage Apple has to say, hey, we could potentially cut you off from the App Store. And there's a precedent for that, which happened under Parler. And in fact, the disgraced and recently departed trust and safety head of Twitter, a guy called Yoel Roth, basically penned a piece in the New York Times in a thinly veiled fashion saying this is precisely the next step that should be taken in order to cripple uh, Twitter. And so this piece, which is white hot right up in Revolver, we take a look behind the curtain. We show you how the sausage is made. We say, well, who is the trust and safety equivalent at Apple who would be critical to this decision making process as to whether basically deplatform Twitter? And the current one has basically no internet footprint other than a, a wedding registry. Uh, and so can't say much about her, but her immediate predecessor, there is a fascinating and indeed scandalous paper trail. And just to long story short here, Apple is the biggest company in the world. It's got like a market cap of $2.4 trillion. If they had anyone in the world that they could have chosen to be their head of trust and safety, which is the glorified sort of Orwellian title for their chief censor, the person in control of all content moderation decisions, of all the people in the world they could have picked, you'd think they would at least pay lip service um, to... Um, fairness and choose somebody with at least the appearance of a disinterested approach to contest moderation. But no, they pick an individual called Margaret Richardson, 
who got her start on the Obama campaign and women for Trump was on the Obama transition and then from day one, January not, of not, 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 not women not women for not women for Trump, women for Obama. Sorry, women not for women Obama. For Sorry, if Trump is on my mind. Yeah. You can't get him out of your mind. Women for Obama, she's not a Trump person. And she was Eric Holder's right hand woman from the very start. She started with him in two thousand nine as a uh, chief counselor, and she worked her way all the way up to the very end of the Obama administration as Eric Holder's chief of staff. She was with him through thick and thin, and people don't understand. Like, it's one thing to be an Obama person. It's another thing to be Eric Holder's person. Eric Holder is arguably the most aggressively hyper-partisan official yeah. associated with the whole Obama era. Big time. He was He's hold it, hold it. He's the enforcer. He's the he's yeah. the wartime consigliere. He's he's the enforcer Absolutely. of Obama. And so this is the woman head of trust and safety. Trust, by the way, how do you trust a woman who is standing by Eric Holder's side while he was doing Fast and Furious, basically this illegal operation to run guns to Mexican drug cartels because we wanted to support the Sinaloa cartel? And you know this was like there's so many dirty things that she was involved with, and she's not just some kind of ally of convenience to Eric Holder. It's really amazing. After the administration, you know how people jump ship uh, like just before the administration ends to cash in? Well, both she and Eric Holder went to Covington, the law firm where they, you know, cashed yep. in together. Yep. Then they went together Covington to Berlin. Airbnb. And then they went together to like, yeah. th th she followed him everywhere. And so they're just joined at the yep. hip. And she was the one responsible for these key decisions, including Apple deplatforming parlors. So she's just, you know, her story is interesting and scandalous in its own right. But the broader context here is it really shows you yeah, what huge. a scam the whole trust and safety mafia is, is that they're appointing literal, you know, hyper partisan Obama officials to be the arbiters of content on multi-billion yeah. and in of Apple's case, multi-billion dollar companies. But you you connected the dots here brilliantly. How did people get to you on social media over the weekend, Darren Beatty? Social media at Darren J. Beatty on Twitter. Revolver is on Getter at Revolver News. But to read this definitive piece and to share it, go to revolver.news. It's right up on top. Read it tonight. It's free to share. We need everybody to be a force multiplier. You're going to see how the system works. She's uh, one of the apparatchiks that's the enforcer. That's why it's a joke that it, this thing at Apple's a joke. She's a commissar. Darren Beatty, thanks. Thank you. We're going to go how to see how other apparatchiks roll in Delaware County, uh, Pennsylvania, how they shifted it from uh, red to blue next in the war room. Offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. That's 25% off the four-week emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help American families more. This is an amazing price, so get it while you can. These days, you can't depend on anything else but yourself for survival. Get this food today. You'll be grateful for it tomorrow. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save 25% on each four-week emergency supply food kit. 
Your orders ship fast and free. Don't wait for the shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com, offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication, and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. But don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only ninety nine ninety five plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's S-A-T, 123.com, SAT, 123.com, slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's SAT, 123.com, slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, you talk about battlegrounds. It's Arizona and Pennsylvania. I've said that from the very beginning. You know, they're the keys that pick the lock in this. And I, I keep telling people, if you if you have some sort of fantasy that about 24, and we don't talk about 24 because we've got so much work to do in the in the lame duck and what's going to happen in 2023 at the beginning. The, this fight is here and now. But just looking downrange as we always do, you 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 have no chance to win the presidency. I don't care if it is uh, Ronald Reagan comes back. Forget Trump and forget DeSantis. Uh, if Arizona is not sorted, now the way he gets Arizona sorted is figure out exactly what went on. Pennsylvania, I I hate to say this, maybe too far gone. Maybe maybe not. We've got two experts. They wrote this incredible book, Parallel Election, and they have not been 
welcome with open arms on this topic. It's like people just want to kind of have it go away. But it can't go away till we get to the bottom of it because there's something definitely that just does not hang together logically about what's happened in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Now, Delaware County, Pennsylvania is one of the most important counties in the United States politically. And they got a couple in Pennsylvania, particularly up in North, Northeast. This is down around Philadelphia. You can't win Pennsylvania unless this thing gets sorted. Greg Stentrum and Leah Hoops, and we've had them on a number of times. Guys, we're going to have about 10 minutes. I just want you to take us through. You guys take it. Walk through what the book is about, but particularly what you found about the corruption and the stealing of the election in 2020 in Delaware County. Folks, go ahead and take it. All right. Uh, bottom line is um, they substitute fake ballots for real ones. They take your votes and they throw them away, shred them, pervert them, and uh, they substitute them for uh, their fake ones. And then what they do is they say, count the fake ballots that they've inserted and block every effort to investigate while it destroy the forensic pedigree of where the fake ballots came from. So that's it in a nutshell. They break these procedures designed to protect our vote and to create surface area for fraud. That's it in a summary. Okay, Leah? so so go to the details. That's such a that's such a huge charge, Leah, that they actually sub and they did it on a mass scale. This wasn't onesies, twosies, right? So. How did they how did they do that? If that's your thesis, walk us through how they did it. Well, you have to start all the way from the from the very beginning in, in the simple fact that they started changing our election laws um, and started perverting the law uh, to begin with. And that started in 2016 uh, and they did it in the Senate. And then they gave us these all mail in ballots and they were setting up uh, our state for complete corruption um, and, and the fraud, which is the mail in ballot system. And that was done by the Republicans, and that's how we got X-77. And then you start installing uh, district attorneys that are bought and paid for by George Soros uh, that will never prosecute for any kind of election fraud. And then you start installing candidates, uh, and you, you flip counties. And that's how it started here in Delaware County. And, um, and then what they did was put, they put in their drop boxes. They centralized the counting centers. They didn't allow and still don't allow people to actually observe what they're doing which is a perversion of the law. And that includes being able to see the actual mail-in ballots, the signatures, uh, and be able to observe the canvassing process, which we're not allowed to do. So um, there's a multitude of ways that they do this. They don't do the logic and accuracy testing, which is what we saw uh, repeatedly since 2020, which means when you go in, you're supposed to think, uh, do things according to a directive, which is set forth by the EAC by NIST, by every single possible way that you could think of, the certification of the machines, and then they don't actually perform the logic and accuracy testing. And what that ensures is that your ballot will run through properly, that all of the races are in the proper uh, spots, and that the software and the hardware uh, works according to the, uh, the manufacturer. And they are not doing any of this, and we caught them. In Delaware County, that's what you saw out in Maricopa, and in New Jersey, and in Michigan, and in Texas. These scanning issues. And who goes to the polls the most? It's Republicans. So they completely delay. They disenfranchise. And then on top of that, you're bringing in, you're ingesting all of these ballots that have no pedigree from drop boxes. And they harvest from voter rolls. And then they erase any, any, uh, any trail <clears throat> they have evidence of. Let me, this let me is, go, uh, by the way, it's not just Arizona. It's not just Arizona. It's, we're going to have Matthew Tierman on here about Brazil's on the brink 
uh, essentially about the machines, right? We're going to get into the whole Brazil situation. But here, when you say, but I just want to go back and make sure we use this time. When you say on a mass basis, they substitute votes for the ballots that they created. Number one, walk me through how they substituted it. And then number two, how they actually created their own ballots. Uh, Greg, why don't you do that? Just tell me how they substituted it and how they created their own. First of all, this is grand mal corruption that's centrally controlled, and it is a national conspiracy, and it's highly targeted. They, they target uh, specific counties. 32 counties control basically at a mass level the 3,200 uh, other counties in the country. At that level, what they do is they bring in uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of fake ballots that they create from uh, actual actual voter rolls, which they then scrub, and essentially when they collect these ballots that you put in drop boxes and then you mail and so forth. They intercept them at different vectors and different points, including right up until they get to the voting centers and they intercept them. Take them aside, put the fake ballots in, and then what they did in the central counting centers, which you saw everywhere, Antrim, Philadelphia, Delaware County, DeKalb County, uh, Fulton County, then they don't let you get near the ballots. And the reason they do that is because they can't let you see them. They run them through the machines. And once that ballot comes out of an envelope, it's a fired bullet. Get that in the box, destroy the envelopes, destroy the images, destroy the entire forensic pedigree of the entire election. And then they come back and they say, count the ballots. And that's how we end up with Maricopa County with hundreds of people there contemplating their belly buttons and looking at ballots up in the air and, and through uh, infrared glasses, and, and they're already the fake ballots anyway. So that's the mail-in ballot portion of it. And uh, there's another p- part of it, but I want to take one piece at a time because I know we have limited time. But that's it in the, the mail-in ballot Let me just stay right there for a second. Antrim in Michigan, uh, the, the Wayne County in Michigan, Delaware County, the ones in Philadelphia, uh, Fulton County, DeKalb, I got it. I can understand that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Don't we have a, le- a Republican election officials, lawyers, all that in each one of those that are supposed to be the guardians of this, that even if somebody wanted to do it, Greg, there's supposed to be a safeguard of a set of eyes and a team of eyes that are trained by the RNC and others to actually sit there and go, hey, I see these guys are doing this. Isn't that supposed to be the check and balance here, sir? Those are- Next to the officials, those are the guys that we're in a fight with, uh, the biggest people I had to fight with at the central counting centers, and we got reports of that all over the country. I'd like to pass that one on to Leah because I know she's got a dozen antidotes on this. That, um, but that, those are, the, those are ahead, our biggest foes. Go ahead, Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Or Steve, I talked about it on other shows. The RNC, um, first of all, they, the training that they did, uh, they, they trained people to be pacifists. And, and simply that they were not going to do anything um, that remotely required them to fight or, or anything else. They just told them to go in, be good little boys and girls, and, and then just report back to the lawyers that they're paying thousands of dollars an hour to. Um, so that's what the RNC did. And when you talk to these lawyers, which we've been talking to them for two years, because we keep running into them in these counting centers, they're a bunch of turnips that have no idea what we're talking about. I've talked to them about logic and accuracy testing. They had no idea what it was at all. They didn't know what they were looking at. They didn't know what to challenge. They didn't understand the Constitution. They didn't understand election law. 
Okay, so they're hiring people that have not a clue what they're even looking at. They wouldn't know fraud if it punched them square in the teeth. Okay, so even if they are there as, as an observer, you're better off putting a lamp inside of the counting center and, and save your money because these lawyers are useless. I want to go to the book. I'm running out of time. We'll have you guys back. I want people to get this book. When you say parallel election, Greg, I want you to take this. Give me a one-minute summary of why is it, why, what is a parallel election? Why did you name the book that? Well, fraud has been going on for as long as people have been voted. The first chapter in the book uh, goes from the 1870s in Delaware County and brings you forward. And at that point, it was Republicans and cheating, and then Democrats are cheating. We've been doing that forever. 2,000 mules showed how they stuffed mail-in ballots all over the country. What they've done is they've perfected the fraud, perfected it. And what they've done is by perverting the laws and then perverting the processes and removing people, the decentralized voting, into a centralized voting, they now control these specific areas. So while people think there's an election going on, just like the Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13 con jobs that we've seen in the movies, they're running a parallel election. The real votes are going over here. The fake votes are going through here in a highly targeted, top-level top controlled conspiracy and fraud. And we have the receipts. Please read the book. We've got yeah, the I want you get, Yeah. I want, you get, I want you guys to hold. We're going to put – just hold. I want to bring in Matthew Tierman. Matthew, <clears throat> we have a situation in Brazil, and uh, it almost boggles the mind. You think you're listening to a, a, almost a science fiction movie, but you see, you're seeing what's going on in Maricopa County, and it's a fiasco. Uh, you've seen what these guys are putting forward in Delaware County, right? And you can see the evidence, and believe it or not believe it, you're for free. Then you see what's happening in Brazil, which they've gone to the next level. There they did away with all paper, and they went purely to the machines and tell us where we are today because brazil's on the brink am i am i incorrect in saying that the brazil's on the brink right now i think martial law is coming next week i think that the violation by the supreme court and the electoral court that subsidiary court that is both run by alexander de Moraes, uh they're not complying with the constitutionally endowed military audit of the election uh via the machine the source code in the machines, the physical machines, the source code and the data, they have refused to give it in to the military for the proper investigation. And that's the leverage point the military is going to utilize to say that's against the law. You are acting unconstitutionally. You, the arbiters of the Constitution, are acting unconstitutionally. Everybody knows that there's uh, a total mess with the machines. It's why people were chanting. You and I talked about it a year ago. Protests and rallies in the streets of the cities saying, give us paper ballots, give us auditable ballots. Jair Bolsonaro, as a congressman, spearhead, spearheaded legislation, what we would call lead sponsored uh, in their lower house, a printers in the polling sites to print out a paper ballot that gets in a box alongside the digital. And Dilma Rousseff, she was president at the time, vetoed it went back to the lower house and they overrode the veto, which never happens given the size of supermajority required to override a veto. And then the Supreme Court threw out the legislation citing privacy grounds. First of when would a socialist ever not spend money? Dilma said the printers are too expensive. Yeah, right. 
everybody knows that this fix has been in and coming. We all know in Latin America, the voting machine system that came out of Venezuela in 2000, that was used in Brazil in 2016. That source code, I, I assert, is still being used, uh, being ma machined and engineered out of the election overseers that are all tied to Lula, that are all via the electoral court that is filled with the Lula Dilma Temer appointees, political appointees. Uh, so, yeah, Brazil is they're about. They believe that they are done. They even pushed up the certification, as we talked about the other day. This got validated yesterday. They pushed up the December 19th certification date to December 12th. And that's why I think the military is going to act next week. They're not going to accept this. They are going to demand to see the. And if they have to use force, so be it. That is their constitutional role. They're the military. They're not uh, candy stripers in a hospital. They are endowed with force for a reason. And Article 142 allows them to adjudicate these separated power disputes. And the judiciary is where the dispute is emanating from. The judiciary is not doing their job. They are not being the arbiter of constitutionality. Yeah. They're trying to fill an election. How did we get into a situation in Brazil, an advanced nation, where we're arguing, uh, they're even talking about martial law? Because we're arguing about source code and data, given all the problems that have existed in, in other countries and in the United States about this central topic. H how could we be in a situation where it's on it's on the, the, the edge of potential martial law because of source code and data, sir? I think it goes back to the Sao Paulo Forum. How is Latin America? You know, I was thinking about this today. You and I have talked about the Sao Paulo Forum ad infinitum, even ad nauseum. Why was it founded in 1990? Well, the great uh, deliverer of Marxist revolutions and the secure, the, the stimulator, the sponsor was the Soviet Union all through the 20th century. In 1989 to 1990, the Soviet Union fell and the Sao Paulo Forum was formed by Lula and Fidel Castro. Fidel and Cuba was the bulwark. That was their breeding ground for Latin American Marxism. They've been trying to inject it with varying levels of success from the 60s and 70s on. We saw what happened in Chile and Argentina, and you'd have the radical Marxist movement. Then you'd have a radical reactionary movement in response. We saw, obviously, Pinochet. We saw some of the things that go on in the violent opposition to the Marxist takeover, and it was ugly. But the Sao Paulo Forum, chartered in 1990 when the Soviet Union fell, did a great job. They took the best lessons of Gramsci and Marcuse and the culture war issues to inculcate and indoctrinate in the youth. And they put in people all over Latin America. We've gone through the list, Chavez and Maduro, and Morales in Bolivia, now Petro in Colombia and Boric in Chile. And they claim, well, they say this openly, the Lula people say this openly, their big mistake when Lula and Dilma ran the government for almost 15 years was we didn't gut the military. They won't make that mistake twice. They, you know, this is what Chavez did in 2000. He sent the military people who had some level of independence to the gulags. This is what Stalin did when he took power. He got rid of the Leninists. Uh, this is what Mao did. Well, Lula, they screwed it up a little 15 years ago. Thank God for it. And the military is now the last uh, edge of defense of a constitutional republic, a, a scaled up constitutional republic in South and Latin America. And if the military doesn't act, and I've said this on your show before, and it may seem overly reactionary, they're going to the gulag first. Their heads will roll under the guillotines of the Robespierre's, our contemporary Robespierre's. Uh, so I think that they will be forced to act and they will act. And I have sources on the ground well, saying that, that, hold on, 
that the reservists are being activated right now, starting yesterday in smaller and mid-sized cities. They're going around. They're picking them up. You can already see videos. and I'll get them to Cameron to air for tomorrow's show of tanks being transported to strategic points and chokeholds around the country. I think by next Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, they're going to put a letter in front of Bolsonaro and say, sign this and activate us. Uh, we believe that we have to, according to the Constitution, to act right now and go after these machines, go after these judges, arrest them, and then the House of Cards will fall. All of the lower operatics who executed the conspiracy will buckle quickly because they're weak-willed to start with. These are not strong people. They're functionaries and execute what they're told. Real, real quickly, we're going to have you back on tomorrow morning, but just in two minutes. How did uh, uh, Biden congratulate Lula in the first 24 hours? And Jake Sullivan, our CIA has already been down this summer. I understand Jake Sullivan is scheduled to go down next week, the national security advisor. Any tr- why is the United States government, t- why this is uncertain, the Brazilian people on the streets with millions of people, why are they inserting themselves? They're the same level of nervousness that, uh, that you're seeing from this court by pushing up the certification date our NSC and our State Department and our CIA, they know what's going on as well. They know that this is getting, it's coming to a head. As I said the other night on Tucker, it's coming to a head and they are going to take proactive action. But you know what? Brazil is still sovereign. And if the Brazilian military acts with or without Bolsonaro's pen stroke, I think that constitutionally to, to invoke 142, he's going to have to sign off on it, which means you're going to have the global, uh, you know, the globalist class from the U.N. to the E.U. to Washington to the media. All of a sudden, they're going to start focusing on Brazil. It's been memory hold. The revolution will not be televised. Yeah. They will start focusing on it the second the military engages. And then it's going to be up to, you know, the alternative media, us, you know, you and my networks, Paulo Figueiredo, Alan Dos Santos, to make sure that we find those uh, those contemporary conservative players that are up against the same things and have a position of strength at this moment, the Poles, the Hungarians, maybe the Swedish, Dep- uh, the Republican Party. We better get Republican congressmen vocal. They haven't said anything. The only one said Santos, Crickets. Congressman elect. Crickets. Crickets. Yeah, give me, give me, give me your social media, particularly Twitter and Getter, where people can get to you because the next 48, 72 hours are critical. Yeah. At Matthew Terramond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. Shout out, we're doing a rally in downtown Miami, 4th and Biscayne, at 6 p.m. tomorrow, a Brazilian rally. Uh, protesters, marchers, the whole works. We're going to have Aldo Santos speaking. I'm speaking. Jimmy Levy, yeah. whose song, uh, Welcome to the Revolution, has become the anthem of the Brazilian spring. He's Miami-based. Uh, and based, we're, just down. We're uh, going to live stream that on Getter. Okay. We're going to have you yep. on tomorrow morning. We're going to live stream and get our 24-hour coverage nonstop. we got a special at 8 o'clock on the War Room Getter account. Jane Zirkel will be hosting uh, amazing personages from Brazil are going to be there. Matthew, thank you so much. I'll see you tomorrow morning and probably tonight later on these uh, a, a Brazil on the brink. Uh, Leah, uh, you see what we – the reason we have to – you have to read this book and we have to sort this out. We don't want to be where Brazil is. And trust me, I don't like the trend I'm seeing. How do people get your book, Lee, and how they find you on social media? Uh, you can find us on www.patriot.online. Uh, we both have our um, profiles there. I'm also on True Social as the Delco Patriot. And you can get the book at www.parallelelection.com. You can also find us on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble as well. And we're also on Facebook. Uh, Greg, do you have a social media account? www excuse me patriot.online at gregory stenstrom and facebook gregory stenstrom as well thank you steve 
we'll have you guys back on to do another part. Thank you so much. Everybody get this book, Parallel Election. Okay, we're going to be live on uh, War Room tonight on Getter and then back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for the Saturday edition of uh, War Room. You're not going to want to miss it. See you then. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.